You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Today on Creative Quarantine, I was joined by an amazing artist, illustrator, character developer, and just all around great human being, Aaron Leffler, who right now is in New York. And we talked a little bit about how she is adjusting to not traveling as much, but also how she's using her art to give back to healthcare professionals who need personal protective equipment or what folks are referring to as PPE in New York. And we talked a little bit about her journey as an artist, how she got started, how she uses digital media to help promote her art, but also how she is working with adjusting and trying to not become overwhelmed by everything that's happening and still create art, do commissions, and honestly do what she loves best while giving herself permission to take a break, understand that things are not perfect right now, and adjust to this moment in time. We had a great conversation. I hope that you enjoy and um, take a listen. Hi, welcome to Creative Quarantine. It is Friday, Friday, it's Friday, it's right, that's it's Friday. <laughs> okay, all right. It is, uh, as I like to say, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, and it's April 10th, and I'm here with the uber-talented, extremely positive ball of energy um, that I like to call my friend, Erin Leffler, uh, who is also an extremely talented character developer, designer, illustrator. Um, she does commissions, and she does merchandising uh, work. And for Marvel. Hey, Holmes. Hi. Oh, no. I didn't, oh, there we go. We got you. Um, so, yeah, you came back. Perfect. I love technology. Um, so, so, for the folks uh, who are out there who don't understand anything about what I just said, which is all of these magnanimous titles of what you do and the stuff that you create, if you were to introduce yourself and say, this is what I do for a living, besides really great TikToks. <laughs> okay. Um, first of all, the TikToks have been a creation of this really weird quarantine time. So we're just going to pretend like those didn't happen right now. Um, <laughs> if I would describe it to somebody myself, um, basically what I do is I help in the development of characters, whether it be for a book, whether it be for a show, for a movie, um, things that like you see on screen, like costume design, facial features, stuff like that. That's what a character designer really does. And that's probably like one of the most fun jobs, I think, when it comes to art, because you get to like use your imagination. You get to do a lot of research and everything in the time period that the story is taking place in and pull all those things together create something completely new and then as for a merchandise artist that's pretty self-explanatory basically like all the art and stuff you'll see on t-shirts on boxes and stuff that's what I do so that's mostly self-explanatory I think I hope so where does one where does one begin to even start to get into um uh, doing character design because it's so cool right because it's it's this blend of What's the story? How's the script? And then how does it come across uh, with the character? I think that for me, the way that I fell into it was because I've always had, um, I've always had a love for art. I've always loved creating and I've always loved being a storyteller. And a big part to storytelling is how a character looks, is how a character, their features are different from one another in the story that sets them apart. So when I was going through the different types of jobs that you can have as an artist in the animation industry and just the art industry in general, and I came across character designer, I kind of like immediately fell in love and just started like researching about it as much as I possibly could because I'm like, I think this is something I want to do because I want to help create those characters. I want to help create how they look and help bring that part of the story to life. But I think for everyone it's different, but the most important part of it is wanting to be able to tell a story through how a character looks and I think once somebody realizes like hey that's what I want to do that's most of the time how they end up falling into the character design area of art 
So for you, I know you've done a lot of really cool things. Um, is there like one project or um, one or or a few, but you know, top, <laughs> top three, top three <laughs> that you feel like has been really just the bee's knees, like some of the cool stuff that you've been able to do? Oh, Ooh, that's a bit of a challenge because I've, I've had so many unique opportunities for stuff in my line of work. Um, definitely getting to work full-time with Lucasfilms and getting to work with my favorite character in pop culture, who is the lead character of the sequels, Ray. I absolutely adore that because, I mean, you get to do what you love every single day for a living and work with your favorite character who wouldn't want to do that. So getting to do that has been an absolute dream because I'm getting to work with what I love and the characters I love on a daily basis and basically the little three-year-old me would probably be screaming her head off if she saw what I was doing now because that's when I first started loving Star Wars and it's kind of been like this snowball effect into this ever since. Um, and it's Daisy story. Ridley's birthday today, isn't it? I think so. It's Daisy it's, Ridley's it's birthday that, today. Yeah, I Look at that. It's ironic. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah, that's funny that you bring that. I thought I saw that on Twitter earlier and I just kind of like, you know, really Twitter, out. it keeps us informed <laughs> about the world. Yeah, I've been relying on that a lot. <laughs> and um, you've had some pretty incredible moments with the rest of the cast of Star Wars, right? Like, I know I, I love seeing, like, your Instagram moments where you're putting up the pictures. Um, and we have a mutual love of John Boyega. Um, yes. Very <laughs> strong. Boy. And it's very strong ironically love. behind me on my wall. Of course it is. Yeah, that that's that's my wall. My whole wall, minus this one corner, is all Star Wars stuff. There's this like two frames over here that's tangled, but all the rest of this is Star Wars. So all of my autographs and everything from when I've met the cast with work and stuff is all just lined up here. And as I run into Jumbo again, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's behind my head. Well done. Um, so for you, how has the adjustment kind of been? Because um, you work remotely a lot, right? Yes. And that, I say, is one part of this whole thing has been a giant blessing for me because it's not as bad of a shift into this as I thought it would be. Um, working from home has allowed me to like actually figure out how to create a normal schedule where I'm actually being productive and getting stuff done, which is great because I think that's where a lot of people are facing problems with this right now is that time just seems kind of like airport time right now. They don't know what time it is or what they're doing. It's just kind of like all blending in together. So fortunately with working from home all this time, I've been able to like come up with a schedule. Like this is how you get into this. This is how you're gonna get up in the morning, make a routine and everything's gonna be normal. So from that aspect, it's going super duper well. But from the aspect of I do travel a lot, um, to do guest appearances at comic cons having all of that kind of like yanked away because i would have been in florida next week for one i would have been in washington dc in a couple weeks for one so it's like having all that taken away which is very much the people interaction part of my job has been like i'm not sure if i like this or not because i like people so it's kind of like i'm not adjusting well to that i'm kind of like sitting here like I know where I should be right now and I don't like this. <laughs> well, for those folks who are kind of adjusting, like what are your, your tips on setting, setting up your day? Like what are the things that you felt like have been working? <laughs> um, that is a good question. I did a, I did a live on my Instagram the other night because somebody was asking me this and I really find that once you set yourself like a routine in the morning, it actually goes a lot easier. So like get up, shower put on actual clothes trust me like a lot of people are like why is that a big thing it is a big thing if you put on actual people clothes and you don't lounge around in your pajamas all day you're gonna feel like you accomplished something and you're gonna feel like yeah. some normalcy back into your life which will give you more energy to do stuff so like just doing stuff that brings like that bit of normalcy back into your life like if you anybody that wants to put on makeup put on your makeup or go take a shower or put on actual clothes like do something that you would normally do if you were going into work do something you would normally do when you were coming home just finding things to add that little normalcy in there and also kind of like creating a schedule like if you don't want to sit around and be like well I want to get something done now I'm not saying because everybody their productivity in this time is going to be different 
because, you know, we're seeing a lot of negativity and stuff on the news and that's going to affect you in different ways that not everybody can handle better than others. So if you don't feel like making something, you don't have to, but just find ways to do something that'll bring you joy and that'll Mm -hmm. honestly help you get into a routine and bring your mindset into a better area where you'll be able to begin making stuff again and feeling better about what you're making and putting out. Well, and I think that's interesting, and it brings up a really cool point about um, you have this incredible reputation for um, giving back, right? You did this incredible piece with Princess Leia and healthcare workers, and I kind of want to talk about that piece in general, why you did that piece, and the fact that the sales from that piece um, were given to charity. All of the sales went to charity, which was honestly the goal in making that piece because we're facing like the weirdest moment in our time right now. Um, this isn't something that we were prepared for really, it seems. We were, were prepared for a lot, but this seems like one of those things that was like totally out of the wheelhouse of what we were um, in preparation for. So especially New York, because this, this is where I live, this is my home. New York is like ground zero for all this stuff here in the United States. And it's absolutely heartbreaking to see like all these photos and everything of healthcare workers and they don't have the stuff that they need. They don't have the supplies. They don't have the masks, the gloves, the gowns. They don't have any of that, which they're putting themselves in harm's way for us anyway. So it's like, I felt like, you know, I don't have any medical background at all. Uh, That's not my thing, but I do have a way that I can help. I'm very fortunate with the following I have to be able to put my work out there and help spread the word at least a little bit to even just a small amount of the population. So if I'm able to do that, I try to do it. And I knew like, as soon as I got the idea, I'm like, okay, this is definitely something that I have to do. And I have to use it to help these people who are making a big difference and putting themselves on line for us. So it ended up working out a lot better than I thought it would. It all of a sudden just kind of yeah. like took off and went in the section that I. And can you tell folks what the organization is that you, you gave money to and how folks might be able, because people can still purchase the print, right? Because I want to be clear, is this beautiful print, does Princess Leia being hugged by to health, well, she's hugging, she's grasping two healthcare workers and it says hope behind her. And so it's a beautiful way. And you can actually see it right now on Aaron's Instagram. Um, but can you t- let folks know what the nonprofit is that the, the money is going to and like how they might be able to purchase and help out? So the charity is called Masks for Heroes and it's being run by the RETI Center of New York, which is the research um, and education technical institute. They do a lot of um, non-for-profit work with kids and with medical training. And when I saw that they had um, this charity and this um, fundraiser right now for people who are putting their lives on the line, um, I, I got really excited because I was looking for any organization that would be donating and um, helping out those who are on the front lines at the moment. And I couldn't find anything at first. And then I put out like this kind of like cry for help on my Twitter. I was like, I need your guys help. I need to find one of these things and I can't find anything anywhere. And one of the people um, who has been an absolute sweetheart to me and that I was so fortunate to get to know because of Ace Comic Con, she actually sent me a link and she goes, my sisters are actually nurses and this is what they suggested. And I was like, Oh, okay. So if this is being backed by the nurses, if this is what they know is helping them, that's what I want to help support. And right now I, I put originally 50 of the digital pages. Um, I put 50 up originally and those sold out within a day and I was not expecting that. And then um, I'm already through another 25 of them within a week. So I'm just kind of excited that we've been able to spread um raise all this awareness and funds for the people who really need it at this moment in time. And being able to, on Monday, take those funds and put it into the fundraiser was so exciting because it just like, it made me like, 
overly emotional. I, I broke down crying because I wasn't expecting to it to be so positive and so accepted because sometimes you can do things it gets swept under the rug but this was something that people really grasped onto and I wasn't really expecting that at the moment so seeing like the hard work and the thought that I put into it come to fruition and actually everybody else like backing it and coming along with it was just like overwhelming for me. And I think that's pretty amazing because it's one, this is not your first time creating a piece for charity. Um, and it's not the first initiative that you've done because you actually um, work really, um, you have a, you have an issue that's very near and dear to your heart, which is anti-bullying, uh, which I would be remiss not to mention um, and particular anti-bullying in cyberspace. Uh, and a lot of times, um, you know, folks don't understand why that's so important. And I think this is something that's both, it's, it, it is near and dear to both of our hearts, the anti-bullying side. Um, and so, you know, I think it's absolutely amazing that you have been able to, within certain fandoms, continue doing your work, but also continue kind of having this heart and the spirit to give back. Um, what for you, in that, and this might grounded in being able to still kind of push forward in that, uh, particularly because you are, your main medium is digital. Yeah. So I, I tend to find that I love working with any medium, but digital seems to be the one that everyone kind of grasps onto more. And I myself work with it more than most mediums. Um, so most of the time when I'm working with these pieces, especially like to raise awareness for that way, in case I like decide to do a print of it or something, it kind of makes it easier just to like get it out there. Because if you work with a regular medium, like a paint or ink or something like that, making sense that is a little more challenging and not always as widely accepted as doing it digitally. So, yeah. Yeah, digital's kind of like my main go-to. I love it. So um, I am going to that thing today. Uh, I forgot to put my charger on my <laughs> And I'm going to ask you my next question in the meantime. Uh, so for those artists out there who are kind of interested in getting started, uh, and we've had this conversation before, but I think it's really interesting to like, like bring it back to this. This idea of utilizing online and the shareability of images, like what has been your experience as an artist utilizing things like Instagram and Twitter and all these places to get your art out? So that was an interesting question because when I first um, started thinking about doing um, social media I wasn't going to at first and I had somebody who was mentoring me that was working in the Warner Brothers studios and he was laughing his butt off at me he kept getting on me he's like you need to do it I think this will be a good portfolio for you I think you could network very well with this and he was absolutely right there was um there was a lot of I, I'm a very scared person when I'm doing something that I don't know for the first time so I was very unsure of myself when I first started out my social media pages but honestly it was more of like just kind of a thing for me to look back and be like oh hey look at how much I've changed that I've been doing this and I had been working in the art industry for a couple years at that point when I had first started my social media pages and I have found so many more opportunities thanks to having them um, just putting your work out there and just kind of like tagging people in it that um, inspired your work or that, that um, the company that you were drawing from. Um, ironically, how I got my job with Lucasfilms, which I was over the moon about because I had put in my application to so many different places. I put it into every company that I possibly could because I just wanted to work in something that I liked. I just, I couldn't see myself hopping around, around from gig to gig, like, because that just didn't feel like something I'd be good at I wanted something that was kind of like normalcy stable and that I could always count on being there and I went through a year of just getting rejection letters left and right and that was like super depressing and then I got an email and it's like hey we've been seeing your stuff online would you like to work for us and I was like what <laughs> I'm like how did you see my stuff online I'm so confused 
clothes. And then I'm like, oh, wait, my social media pages. That's right. I have those. So it definitely <laughs> brought a lot of good stuff um, job-wise. And I've been able to make some of the most incredible friends. And um, I've had this wonderful now little art community that I've built um, of other artists who are insanely talented. And I have no idea why they're friends with me, but I appreciate appreciate it a lot you know, combining both those things you're getting the professional element to it and you're also getting good feedback from people who are in the same industry as you it just kind of like there's a lot of downsides to social media people don't really have a filter but at the same point there are so many good things that come out of it that it really you can't replace those good things that come from it and I wouldn't change it for the world honestly and I think it's so interesting because when you ha you have so many cool projects like Galaxy Boys and Babies and Galaxy Girls and Babies, which is one of my favorites, but also you have this practice which I think is interesting and I'd love for you to talk about it, particularly for people who may be aspiring artists or artists right now, where you do, you do a warm-up picture every day um and this was this was like the first time and i was like oh no we're real friends um you you pick your friends and you do a warm-up picture every day and you find things that challenge you and i think that's interesting um because one of the funny things is you pick some you picked a picture where i had braids which is always so interesting for me an artist because it can go horribly wrong or wonderful, but it always takes a lot of time and a lot of intention. And so talk to me a little bit about how you as an artist um, are hone your craft in this way. And like, what are your common practices for you? Because you seem to always be challenging yourself. Like you hand painted a copy of Star Wars comic, like, and it was beautiful, by the way. If y'all haven't yeah. seen it, please go look. Is it still for sale on the Etsy page? Go look for it. Um, no, it actually just found its home yesterday, and I didn't know until I had looked last night, and I was like, wait, what? What did that happen? <laughs> I am very, very apparently, like, oblivious to stuff during this. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, you know, I tend to find with art, you're always learning you never stop learning when you're doing anything. So there's no such thing as a perfect piece. There's no such thing as a perfect technique. There's always going to be something you can improve. So I try, um, it's been this way since I was a kid. I try to be as good as I possibly can be, which isn't always a good thing because, you know, we, there's no such thing as a perfect person. So it's kind of hard, especially when you beat yourself up over that. But realizing that, you can do better and you can get better and you can just like keep improving and keep pushing forward and keep reaching for something even better. Honestly makes your work like that much more incredible. And I tend to find working, I can't just like hop right into it. I need to do something to get myself loose and warmed up. So I try to find something that will challenge me. So that way when I do get into my actual work, I'm like, okay, I feel comfortable. I feel like I can handle this. I can do it. So especially with the braids, that was something I had struggled with for a while. And when I saw that photo when you posted, I was like, you know what? This is something I'm struggling with. This is something I'm having a problem with. So we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to try to see if we can do better than what we have with it. And wow. it turned out much better than I had thought. So I just find that those little warm ups, I'll find one of my friends that has maybe like a different facial feature that challenges me on faces or has a different hairstyle that'll challenge me and doing those before I start my work is probably like the most important thing I could do because it actually I think improves my work in the long run and that's important for anyone I think you always want to keep improving you always want to get better when you're an artist so doing something that'll challenge you and bring your skills to a better level I think is super duper important yeah so for you, um, and I just want to remind everybody that you can ask live questions right now. All you have to do is put them in the comment section or put them in the chat section. See right there, it says you just have to put in a live stream to ask live questions. Um, shout out uh, to Erica Nicole Ramsey, who is just being all excited. And I'm getting all of these amazing, amazing comments. 
Um, but uh, if you have any questions for Aaron, please make sure you do ask them. Um, you can also just put them in the Twitch channel, the YouTube comment section, all those places are available. Um, so it's interesting, and I've never had a chance to kind of ask you this question while we're waiting for other people to ask questions. Um, who are your inspirations? Like for you, you have a very unique style. Like I know when I am seeing your work and it's so funny, I, I suddenly started just seeing all of my friends posting things. So I was like, I know that Captain Marvel picture from anywhere. Uh, but what has influenced your style and what has influenced kind of how you've uh, found a way to make this, this is Aaron Leffler's work, you know? Oh, you know that I love this question because I never really get asked this and the story behind how I found my style is actually kind of comical because I grew up very, very entrenched in Disney. My parents got married in Disney World and, you know, my first movie was Disney. So like we went every single year and everything and that's kind of always been my thing. Like I have very strong roots to it. I had family members who worked for Disney and everything. So it's like I was surrounded by it growing up so I had always just kind of like been in love with the style of the 2D animation when they would do um, hand-drawn films that was like my everything as a kid I would watch them so many times it was absolutely I, I probably drove my parents insane with how many times I would make them put stuff on again so I could just study like the frame by frame rate of how they were doing it and then my dad got me into comics as a kid because he, he was very much, he's like, he's very much the cool nerd. Like, you wouldn't be able to tell it, but, like, when he was behind closed doors, he'd be like, hey, you want to see something cool? And I'm like, uh, okay. So next thing you know, like, my, my grandma would pull out pictures and she's like, your dad's a giant Spider-Man fan when I was a kid. And I'm like, hey, dad, who's Spider-Man? He's like, let me show you something. And, like, next thing I know, I'm coming home with these stacks of comic books and my dad's like what have I done and I'm like you've created a new monster thank you very <laughs> much for that so I had that love of the comics when I was a kid and the motion and everything that's in them is absolutely incredible and I wanted to find a way to capture that while like kind of sustaining kind of a cartoony Disney kind of animation style and it's kind of hard because the two are on very opposite ends of the spectrum. Disney has a different style of movement and everything with their animations compared to a comic book. And a comic yeah. book is more kind of like a speed thing. How much can you get out in a short amount of time? So Disney animation is very detailed while comics are action, but less detailed in that manner. So finding like that happy medium between both of them was the thing I've always wanted to do. So what I like to do is I, I get um, those concept art books from the films when they come out. So like I would start collecting these different, my favorite concept artist, Glenn Keane. He did work on so many Disney films. Um, a lot of people know his work on The Little Mermaid, which he was absolutely incredible on. And my personal favorite, he was one of the head character designers and concept artists on Tangled. And that is my favorite Disney movie. So his work has been absolute favorite things ever since I was a kid. So I just kind of like would study his work a lot to see like, cause he, when you look at his concepts, he's very expressive and he also is able to capture the motion very well. Even with just a simple line or two, he's able to capture like the movement and the flow of things super duper well, especially with Little Mermaid, because that's kind of a challenge, you know, fins are different than how, people walk and everything and the way that he was able to capture like this is how the fins move when she goes this way this is how the fins move when she's doing this it was like I want to do that I want to I want to do something like that that looks super cool so I was trying for years to develop that and it was challenging because it's like I would get really frustrated at myself if it wasn't going the way I wanted it and I would just kind of like walk away from it and be like, I'm, I'm done right now. I can't do it. I, nothing's coming out the way I want. And then I remember finishing high school and going to do art schooling. And my professor was one of those, you know, grumpy old guys who didn't like the idea of a cartoon kind of style. He wanted things to be traditional and it had to be realism. And I was struggling with it so bad. And I remember texting my dad and being like, 
dude, I can't do this anymore. This guy's driving me nuts. I'm like, he's yelling at me constantly to find a style, and I can't find a style when he's pressuring me. This isn't working. So I actually ended up dropping out of that because it was driving me so, so batty, and I couldn't stand it anymore. I worked like, if it's bothering me this much, I really shouldn't be on here. I shouldn't be doing this. So, you know, if it's making me this depressed, maybe it's now the good time to bow out. So once I did, it was like everything just fell into place. You know, I just was watching animated movies like I normally would and everything. And then I was like, that's it. I think that's how I'm going to do it. And of course, it's progressed and changed a lot throughout the years. Um, but you know, everything always gets tweaked and changed a little bit throughout time. But as soon as I stopped doing the art schooling was when it just kind of like all fell into place. And now my style consistently has kind of been like this mix between a comic book and hand-drawn animation. And that's kind of like the coolest thing for me because that's always what I wanted. And now I finally kind of like can say like, ah, I did it. <laughs> I love it. And so we have a couple of questions. I'm really excited. Um, so uh, on, and I just want to say, Megan likes Meg. I'm glad you asked the same question. I put it up there anyway. So we're on the same, we're on a sweet, same wavelength. Uh, Erica has three questions in one. So we're going to try to consolidate this one. Um, okay. How do you handle pressure when things may go sideways with a project? Good Lord. We know personally together how that goes. Um, how do you struggle with deadlines? Oh, wow. This question is literally, I did not plant this question. Um, how do you maintain positivity when others may, oh, may level non, may give non-constructive criticism? Because you are a very positive person. So okay. let's, let's see if we can consolidate this answer. Okay. I, let's see. Um, how do I handle the pressure when things go sideways in the project? Um, Angelique knows this from experience. What happens when that goes on for me I do this thing where I go into like pure stress mode where I won't sleep and I won't like do anything else until I can finally get the thing to work like I am that bad I I call it very much being a perfectionist I can't stand when I can't get something to work I had I had so many problems sending emails last month and I was like you have got to be kidding me I'm like everything is going wrong so what I what I would do is I would try it if it wouldn't work, I would walk away for a little bit and do something to clear my head because I tend to find if you focus too much on it, it's going yeah. to mess with you. So I would walk away, clear my head, and then I'd come back and I'd give it another go and I'd say, you know what, let's try this from a different avenue. Maybe, you know, let's see if this got corrupted. Let's see if this is too big of a file to send. Maybe I need to change the type of file it was. So what I try to do is I look for different avenues that I can solve the problem I can fix the problem because that's honestly something that I think people tend to forget like they'll try one thing and then just give up on it but there's honestly so many different factors that you may not realize come into play that once you do start to think of them and look to find ways to fix the problem if it doesn't work the first time it really really does help so I I try to besides actually being like full purely made of a ball of stress when that goes on and trying to make everything work I try to look for ways that I can solve the problem in a timely manner and without causing myself to have a heart attack of why is this happening to me right now? Um, with deadlines, yes, I do. I do struggle with deadlines. You see, with the Lucasfilm's work, I, I was doing really good with that. And then all this happened and then that got put on hold. So my level of normalcy kind of went like right out, right out the window. So my normal schedule of, hey, this is going well, this is going, no. So trying to figure out a way because with this happening, you know, I've took on freelance work and everything's kind of like, you know, fix that problem that I was facing of not doing any work. And doing that now, I'm kind of like trying to figure out how to restructure my, mm. my days because you have to figure out. If you want to get stuff out in a timely manner, you have to figure out like, well, how am I going to do that? How am I going to accomplish it? And between like working on several different projects at a time instead of just one, it's this whole new level of, well, what do I spend more time on? What do I focus my attention on today? And you have to really 
take it for what it's worth at that point. You have to figure out like what's the most important thing, what has to be done the quickest, and that's what you focus your attention on. And then if you have energy or time left over in that day, you move on to something else so that way you can have a little bit work done in that. And you're able to get it done in a timely manner then. It's not easy, I will admit. I'm still adjusting to it and I don't like it particularly at the moment, but I'm trying. It's it's an ongoing learning curve and I think once I kind of like smooth out the kinks in it and everything, it'll be a lot easier to handle, which is good. You know, you need kind of like practice in all, all these different areas of this type of work. So it's it stinks at first when you're dealing with a different type. You don't have like a regular structured kind of job, but um, it's doable. Once you figure on kinks there's still stuff i'm trying to improve on with it but i'm getting there slowly um and then how how do i when others give this is an interesting question because tiktok with social media tiktok is how you maintain positivity TikTok. (laughs) yeah that's pretty period that's like you sing yeah um (laughs) what's been going on is i found since more people are spending time on the internet and everything um social media kind of gives everyone this kind of output where they can just put whatever they want up on your page and that's something that always I found personally to be irritating because I'm not that type of person if I don't agree with something or if I find something that maybe to me doesn't look up right I I won't say it I I don't want else that is is people don't always think like that. And I have to remember that sometimes myself is that just because I think that way doesn't mean that somebody else thinks that way. So people take it as a green light to just put whatever they think about your work or whatever they feel about you up on your page. And some of it is valid. Um, There are some times where you'll see different critiques given. And for me, I try to look for ways anyways to look and improve my work if I see something that I don't like. So I look at these critiques and the main thing is realize where they're coming from because sometimes it's also the the source that's giving them. So are you getting critiqued by somebody who's a professional in the industry and who's been doing this for a while and that you follow and that you know their work and the caliber of what they put out? Or is this just some random troll that's showing up and feeling like, hey, I'm big and mighty, I'm behind a keyboard, I can put whatever the heck I want up. And once you kind of like are able to decipher where it's coming from and if there's validity to what they're saying, I found the best friend that you can have on social media these days is the delete button. Because honestly, you get so many of them and people just try to, you know, if, if people see one person do it and you don't get rid of it, that opens the floodgates for anyone who feels like doing it just to put whatever they want up on your page. And I don't think that's right, especially if somebody doesn't ask for it. If it's not like, if there's not an open thing that's like, all right, openly critique what I'm asking you to critique. If somebody doesn't say that, you don't really have the place to do it. Like maybe maybe in a direct message, say like, I think this is nice, but here's a tip just in case you didn't see this already. And people forget that people kind of forget their manners on the internet so i find that if it's something if it's not warranted if i didn't ask for it and if it's not particularly from somebody whose opinion i would say i hold in a a high regard and that's in the industry i tend to delete it and i don't think about it again because there's no point in letting somebody rent space up in your head that's just doing it to get a reaction out of you that's Honestly, the best advice I can give with that, because that's really what it is. It's just people trying to mess with you and get it up in your head. And if you let them, you're letting them win. So just kind of, you know, get rid of it and then just move on from it. So we have Virginia A. Designs. I'm listening while I work. Just want to let you both know a question. What's something (laughs) artistic that you want to do but haven't had the opportunity yet? I would love to work on an animated film I've always wanted to that's always something whether it be um, hand-drawn animation whether it be a 3d animation any type of film I would just love to be able to work on it in some aspect in some 
part of it. I don't even care what at this point, if it's coloring it, if it's doing the character design for it, I really don't care. I just want to work in one in some way, shape or form, because I've had, I've had the chance now to do a lot of the stuff that I've always wanted to. I've gotten to do book work. I've gotten to do um, logo design. I've gotten to do character design for books. I've gotten to do character designs for um, little side projects that ended up petering out, but it's like, Stuff like that. I've gotten to do stuff that I've really wanted to. But the one thing I've always wanted to do since I was a kid was to work on an animated film. And so that'll always be the top tier goal until, you know, I get to that at some point. Either that or work on a comic. I love comic books. I have a stack of them sitting on my desk at the moment. That's like this big (laughs) of things that I have yet to read. And a lot of my friends work in the industry and everything. And they always tell me like how much fun they have doing it. And I'm like, I really feel like that's something I could do. Like maybe just like, even if it was a comic book cover, I've always wanted to do that. So if it's comic book cover or an animated film, that's always something I wanted to do in the art industry that hopefully one day I'll be able to. But for right now, you know, I'm, I'm kind of content with what I get to do because it's pretty cool. I love it. I love it. All right. So we have our last question. Um, This is for my teen art students. How often do you manually draw versus proportion of computer rendering? And what programs do young people try and learn trying to become a concept or character artist? Uh, For the record and full disclosure, Erica is my cousin and a very talented artist, and I love her to death, which is why she probably is, is holding back on the amount of questions she has right now. I love that. That's awesome. Okay, so how often do I manually draw? More often than people think, because a lot of people see me put digital stuff mostly out on my social medias. And in actuality, the reason for that is, is because I can do those quickly. The thing with digital mm. versus traditional Digital, I can bust things out like it's going out of style. It does not matter. I can work on like six different projects at a time and finish them all in the same timeline. But with traditional, you know, it takes so much longer, especially because the medium I like to work with traditionally is paint. And Mm. paint takes time to dry and to blend and everything. So, you know, working with those takes, I can work on one painting and it takes me 10 hours to do compared to three digital pieces in the same amount of time. So of course I work with the computer more often, um, but I try to spend at least a decent amount of time during the week also working in something traditional because you don't wanna lose those skills when you have them. Because if you're constantly just working on the computer, you're going to forget how to do stuff, whether it be with ink, whether it be with paint or pencil, you're gonna forget those techniques. So just you know, finding ways to incorporate that, whether it be just sketching randomly for a warm up or doing something to wind down at the end of the day. I like to just include it somehow so that way I don't forget those things. Um, and then sometimes, um, depending what company I'm working for um, on a freelance project, they'll have me do like artist rendering sketches. So I'll just have to do those with regular pen and ink. And that's pretty fun, but um, I don't get those requests as often, which stinks because I do love doing that when it's just like black and white there you go done that that's pretty fun for me so like getting through those is pretty good but I don't get to do it as often as I'd like but mm-hmm. I do spend most of my time during the week doing um computer rendering drawing and that's I I don't I don't complain about that because that's pretty fun you know there's so many different techniques and everything you can do on the computer that you can't do traditionally and um for programs mm-hmm. One thing I am highly suggesting to everyone right now, because I've been getting asked this a lot, if you have an iPad or an iPhone, um, the Procreate app is like the artist's best friend at this point. That app is like Mm -hmm. one of the most advanced apps I've ever seen, especially for something that's portable and something that, you know, it's it rivals Photoshop. I'm actually honestly surprised with how well they develop the app. I find myself, because when I travel, I also still have to, you know, I have to make sure that my deadlines and stuff are met. And I, I will do some of my work in Procreate because it's just, it's that good. So Procreate is something I definitely suggest to try out. Um, 
when I got the app, it was like five bucks, but that was like when the app very first started. It's like 20 now, I think, but it's mm -hmm. worth it. It honestly is worth it because there's so many different things you can do with it. And um, on the computer, I'm not particularly sure which to suggest because I, I use Photoshop and that's a purchase by license um, program. So that it really depends on your level. Um, you can get Photoshop editor and that's kind of like a step below the full scale of Photoshop and that that's a lot cheaper. And it's got most of the same features that Photoshop has. So if they're looking for something to try um, on the computer, they could always try that. But I highly, my, my number one suggestion would be Procreate at this point because that app is just absolutely incredible. Perfect. Well, I, I love ending the conversation uh, and making sure we kind of talk about a couple of things just not to ignore what is happening outside right now. Um, you know, right now, how are you as an artist um, adjusting to um, this idea of dealing with creativity and, you know, to be just like very honest, it's Friday. How are you finding joy? That's something that actually I haven't gotten asked a lot through this. And the interesting thing is I tend to find that I'm trying to adjust my mindset because the problem is I'm seeing that it's everywhere. It's getting shoved down our throat in every single direction. And for me, that's overwhelming and I can't handle that. So something I've been finding myself doing is I will purposely delete any news thing I, I turn off the tv i just can't handle that at this point i'll watch one briefing from the governor and then i'm done i'm just done for the day i'm like i'm not looking at anything else so that's pretty hard to figure out how to wrap your mind around that mentally but this week in itself has been a very strange week but i'm trying to find uh, the i find that when you look at things from a different perspective you can kind of handle it better because a lot of people just are kind of looking at it like doom and gloom and this is going to be forever. And the thing I keep reminding myself is this isn't going to be forever. It feels like it's long now and sure it stinks that we all kind of have to change around our lives for this, but everything gets better eventually. It takes time and it's always darkest before it gets light again, but it's going to get better. It's not going to last forever. So remembering that honestly has been something that's helping me so much and finding ways to use those emotions, um, use my art as an outlet for those emotions has definitely helped. It, I, I found this week I've been in a major art block, which has not been my favorite thing because I think I was just letting it get the better of me this week. But finding ways to just like take what I'm feeling inside and just throwing it on the canvas. And then even if I just don't look at it again, just getting it out there and just like letting loose of it and just saying, okay, this is done now. We don't have to do that anymore. It's honestly a lot easier to handle. And I think that's something that people are forgetting. It's okay to feel things. It's okay to not want to do something. It's okay to feel like, eh, this is not working out the way I want it to, but remembering that this isn't going to be forever and that it's a temporary thing that will get better eventually. Putting that positive mindset back into it definitely helps. Yeah. All right. For those who want to follow you, which everyone should follow you, um, please, please do yourself a favor. Uh, where can folks find you on the internet, Erin? Okay, so my username is a little challenging, so I'll explain it and then I'll spell it out because it's easier to spell it out. I decided it'll be funny because the paint I use is called gouache, which is G-L-U-A-C-H-E, and it sounds a lot like squash. So I was walking through a supermarket and I thought it'd be funny when I first got social media to make my username a pun. And for my fellow artists out there, they have found it hilarious. Pretty much everyone else has no idea what I'm talking about or why I decided to, to name myself this. But my username across social media is Butternut Gouache. Um, there's an underscore between Butternut and Gouache on Instagram. Um, and then there's no underscore on TikTok or on Twitter. But um, it is missing a letter on Twitter because Twitter has a character limit. So there's no E in it. Just forgive me for that. But you can find me. <laughs> usually if you just... 
if you just Google butternut squash, it'll be one of the first three to pop up. One of the first three. Wow. This is why I love you. This right here. <laughs> that's all I like. That's what I tell everyone. I'm like, look, it, it might not make sense at first, but if you just type in it on Google, there will pop up a couple pictures of squash and then it's usually like the third one down. You'll find it. <laughs> And once you find it, you'll see a lot of, I, I mean, honestly, um, Aaron, I'm, I am a huge fan of your work. Uh, it, no, everyone knows this. Um, I'm, I really do love all of the, the work you do, particularly giving back as well. Don't you dare start crying. It's Friday. Um, and that's a perfect to. way to, don't you dare. Um, it's a perfect way to end this. Uh, to remind everybody, we are back on Monday at 3 o'clock, and I'm very excited. Uh, for the first time, I'm going to announce who our Monday guest is. Uh, it's going to be Kev on stage, uh, who is a really, really, really funny comedian. Uh, you can check his workout right now on Instagram. We'll be announcing that out publicly with all the Times information and stuff tomorrow. Uh, but until then, uh, thank you so very much, Aaron, for being here. I also want to shout out our friends over at Ace Comic Con for putting the feed up on the Ace Comic Con page. Thank you. Ah! Uh, and to all the fans over at Ace Comic Con, I, I love you all. I bet we did not get a chance to see you in October, but you know, I look forward to seeing, I mean, not October, uh, brain, that we it's didn't get to long, see you in March. It's been March. a long month. Um, I, it's been a long month of a year. Long month of a year. Um, but you know, I really did miss, uh, shout out to everybody. Uh, and, and I sad that we didn't get to Boston, but happy that everyone is hopefully safe and well. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Ace Comic Con. We love you. Uh, and, um, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Creative Quarantine is hosted by Angelique Roche. It's produced by Angelique Roche, Sarah Storm, and Matt Storm. Our logo is designed by Aaron Leffler. New streaming episodes are available Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern and Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on AngeliqueRocher.com forward slash creative quarantine. Podcasts are made available the morning after each live streamed episode wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and visit us on Instagram at creative.quarantine and Twitter at creativequeteen. Please send this to a friend who needs a little artistic company and stay at home if you possibly can. We'll see you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.